marriages today. There's crisis in marriages right now. There are more divorces that are occurring now because of all the pent-up uh, aggression and difficulty and stress that's really beginning. There are many marriages that were on the brink and then COVID-19 came and the economy began to crash and suddenly it was, it was that, that which took them over the edge. And they, they didn't turn to God. They didn't seek for an answer. Did you know what? I like what T.D. Jakes said one time. He said, you know, in the statistics, he said somebody criticized him because, you know, when you pastor a mega church and you have a face like his and a reputation like his and anointing like his, people are going to turn to you and expect you to give an answer for everybody. But he, uh, he was confronted one day and he said, you know, how come statistically marriages are equally marriages fall apart or divorce occurs equally in percentage in the church as it is in the world? And he looked at that person and he said, the reason why is this. Many times people, when they finally come to the church for help, they have waited too long in their situation and didn't cry out to God sooner in their crisis. And then in the, it didn't matter where, where, if they were sitting in Walmart or sitting in the church, they ended up getting a divorce just the same. And the truth of the matter is this. Don't wait too long to turn to God. Recognize that you are in a crisis. I'm not just talking about marriage. I'm talking about everything. So many people, you're, so many Christians, their spiritual life is in a the crisis. They're not praying. They're not reading the word. They're not concentrating on God. They're looking at things that they shouldn't look at. They're talking talking in ways that they shouldn't talk and, and start being like the world and accept things of the world and their relationship with God is in crisis. I want you to know today, identify your crisis and make up your mind through every crisis. God is going to get me through every crisis in my life. How many are going to be determined that your spiritual relationship is going to be different during, it has changed during this pandemic. And you're not going to let it go back like it used to be. Your prayer life ain't going to be like it used to be. It's more. It's more devoted. Your, your, your dedication to Christ is much more now. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Through every crisis, you can turn with me in Genesis 32. I'm really going to highlight one verse of Scripture, but it will be after that verse. You can follow in your Bible and look at it as the situation occurs, as the content opens up in the message. Will you pray with me right now? Agree with me. Reach your hand toward the front and pray for me. Father, I'm a man that has... A passion, desire, God, for your people to hear your word. And Lord, I must, I must depend on you, God, for it to be every time we meet, it is so important that so much is going to be received. Let your people receive from you. It's not me, but your word come alive in each and every one of us so faith will rise up in us. In the name of Jesus Christ, for faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Jacob, in Genesis 32, Jacob was facing a crisis, fearing for his life, having to face his angry brother. Before he could have, would have, before in his life, he would have devised some grand scheme to get him out of trouble. 
But this time, he does the right thing. He prays. And in his prayer, we find in that chapter, he begins to pray, and he prays a good structure and content of a prayer. It's a good prayer for you to maybe structure some of your prayer, your prayer life too. That in his prayer, he reminds God of his promise to him. Reminding God when you pray the word of God, what God has said in his word to his children, that promise is yours. So start, begin as you're talking to God to say, God, I believe you promised this in your word for me. Then with the same prayer and he's praying, humility came out of him. True humility, not a false humility but a true humility realizing that he had flaws and he, is, he had messed up at times and realizing that, that only God is the one who is in a position to make a difference in his crisis. And with understanding as he prayed, he realized and he says his, he realized his dependency on God. He is dependent upon God. You and I are dependent upon God. If you remember anything in your life up to your old age, remember this. We are dependent upon God. We are dependent upon God in the valley. Oh yeah, in the valley, but we're also dependent on him on the mountaintops. The entire journey along the way, we are so dependent on on God. You try and fly on your own. You try and do things on your own and you see how far you'll get in your spiritual walk. Uh, you'll be messing up every turn you take and you'll be going in the wrong direction and you say, oh God, oh Lord, I need to turn on the spiritual GPS so I might be able to get to where I need to go. But the truth is, is that we realize through life's experience, we are dependent upon God. Hear me, those of younger age and those of a future generation moving up. Let me tell you now, if you learn this lesson at the very beginning, it will be the most valuable lesson in your life. You are dependent on God. You depend on God. But that's not bad news. That's good news. That's great news because uh, his supply never runs out. His power never drains out. His abilities are beyond description of what he can do. And you can turn to him because he will never turn you off. He will never ignore you. He will watch over you. He will care for you. And you will realize that in your relationship that you are so dependent upon God, God will never be even any more closer than what he is when you come to the conclusion, I depend on God for your career for your future for your education you depend on God you depend on God that's the problem with so many of the rioters today many of them are highly educated they have degrees they have great possibilities but the thief has come to rob them of potential and greatness that God can bring because they're not depending on God. Their educators have told them there is no God. But let me tell these people who say there is no God, you are a fool, the Bible says. He that says there is no God is a fool. And so I'm telling you, don't be a fool. Be wise and depend on God. Hallelujah. 
My mama never had much. My stepfather never had anything. They did all they could give me for my future is my mom's prayers and a pat on the back and a blessing by her saying go with God and let God have his way. But let me tell you, they taught me, my mom taught me, depend on your God. You're doing it anyway. Yeah. And people made their job their God. People made their career their job. And people made their girlfriend their God. Or their boyfriend their God. What well, kind of mess you in now? Because that's what you are. You're in a mess. You, you've already by habit of human nature to depend on somebody. You know? We grow up depending. We depend upon our parents when we were growing up. Being around my grandsons, I realize that if they're going to get apple juice, it's going to have to come by somebody else besides themselves. They're dependent on Mamaw, dependent on Mom, dependent on Dad, dependent on Papa. They're going to get anything. I mean, Mamaw can set up a basket on the counter and they know where all the goodies are. But they still have learned that they got to ask first. They're dependent. They're dependent. So why not put your dependency where it really should go? Where that God will do something positive in your life. God is a good God. He is a faithful God. He will not let you down. He won't forsake you. Oh, he may get mad at you, but he's listening with the other one of his ears for you to just say, oh God, forgive me, and he will restore you and he'll love you. Oh my goodness. God's for you is not against you. He's for you. He's not against you. How many of you believe that God's for you, not against you? God can make it work. God can make it work. God will take us through every crisis. There's great power in prayer. Power to bless, to overcome, to defend, heal, and to achieve. All great moves of God come as a result of prayer. All great healings come as a result of prayer. If you're facing a crisis today, you can worry or you can pray. You can stress out or you can pray. You can give up or you can pray. Worry will make you old. Stress will kill you. But prayer will set you free. So many times in our times of crisis, we forget. We forget. And after prayer, and Jacob prayed that prayer, he does what many of us do. He forgot about God's faithfulness. He forgot about it. He had committed the crisis to prayer, and instead of believing God, he did what he'd done in the past. Came up with a scheme. Genesis 32 and 13 says, this is following his prayer. So he lodged there that same night and took what came to his hand as a present for Esau, his brother. He figured God wasn't big enough to handle his problems, so he came up with a way to fix it himself, sort of giving God a hand, sort of being God's assistant. God, I don't see you showing up. You'll show up eventually. You're a little slow. I'm a little quicker. I'll just step in. I can handle this. Take care of this. I pray a good, pretty prayer. But don't believe you, God, that you're able to do it. 
He starts giving away everything at his hand. Everything he owns, the goats, the, the ewes, the rams, the camels, the cows, bulls, and donkeys. Not only is he giving everything away, but what he's giving away is the blessings of God. Now, honey, you can hang on to your blessings. You say, well, God wants me to share my blessings. There's a difference between sharing and handing them over. Share your blessings to help people in their need. You hand them over when you're living in fear and not in faith. You hand the blessings of God over to the enemy and try to appease the enemy rather than sharing it. And here Jacob was motivated by fear and it wasn't faith. That's what happens there. Let me tell you, whenever you and I take, we pray to God and ask God to do something, and then we say, well, okay, God, here, let me have it back. Then you're going to live not in the faith of God to believe God's going to meet that need. You're going to operate in the devil's faith, and the devil's faith is fear. You'll be motivated by fear, and you're going to mess up, and you're going to hand over things you didn't have to hand over. And Jacob found that out later when he met up with Esau. That Esau said, where did all this stuff come from? All these animals, what's going on here? What's it, you know, all this. And, and Jacob said, well, they're gifts for you. But, you know, it had to click in Jacob's mind there for a moment. Wait a minute, wait a minute. My brother greeted me and crying and weeping over my neck and forgave me and had nothing to do with those blessings that I handed over. God demonstrated, said, Jacob, it's you handing stuff over, but it's me who will change the mind and the situation and change the heart of your brother. There's a whole lot of Christians forfeiting their inheritance, giving it, handing it away by all the griping and the wearing and the nitpicking, you know. I got a question here, and I really want, no, nobody give me a verbal answer, okay? I don't know why it is. I guess Facebook is just part of our life, okay? But my question is, the prayers on Facebook, are they really prayers, or are they nice plaques? You know what I'm saying? Prayers have a voice to them. Prayers have a voice to them when you pray. Because people, have you ever, maybe you have in your house a nice plaque and there's nothing wrong with it, but a plaque that has a prayer up there. But the thing is, is that as far as your prayers go on a plaque or a post on Facebook? When's the last time you really had a rip, snort, and crying spell with God and said, God, I need you to do something in my life. God, I'm so dependent on you. Can't do it without you, God. Oh, I can't do it without you, God. Amen. Anything good comes by your way. It's from God. And you need to say, God, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't have it, God, if it wasn't for you. Hallelujah. And so he figured out, he thought he'd fix the problem himself and give all sort of giving that was at his hand. He starts giving away everything. It's a, it's a big thing, substantial. It's a gift, a gift that he hands over to Esau and sends it out to, you know, that's what we do. When we don't have faith, we have fear, we start sending the good stuff away. And so he starts sending, it consists a gift of 550 animals, 490 of which were female, meaning there's going, this thing's going to keep going here. It's the gift that keeps on giving. You know? 
And so he, he sends away. He thought these five herds sent separately would impress Esau and pacify him. God help us if we get to the place that we need to pacify the enemy in our life. Don't you give him an inch. Don't you hand off anything that God has given you. We do that, you know, when we start being afraid. We hand over our peace. We hand over our joy. We, we start handing over all the things God gives us when it doesn't need to be that way. He thought it would impress him. Jacob had to learn, however, later that God would have delivered him without such gifts. And God did. We too need to learn that deliverance comes by faith in God and not by giving tribute to the enemy. You go to someone's house, they break out the bottles, and they offer you a drink, then you suddenly you decide, I'm not going to pacify or pay tribute to the enemy. I'm going to tell them I love you. Do you have Sprite or ginger ale? See, I've been to those parties before. I had my boss come up to me with a, a bottle ready to pour me a good one. And I said, well, wait a minute. I got to tell you, Mr. Vaughn, you know, he was a little already a little bit too joyful. And come up to me and, oh, uh, uh, yeah, he's going to pay a price for that joy the next morning, though. But he, he come up to me going poor. I said, Mr. Vaughn, you know, I'm a Christian. I don't drink. I said, good to be here. Thank you so much. But no, thank you. I don't do that. And the word got out. Ron Bynum's a Christian. I told him a Christian before I was in the insurance office. So I was insurance agent. I reached number four in the nation in sales. I don't know how, but I got there. I don't know why. Favor of God. But eventually I had to make a choice about ministry. But the fact is, is that the word got out. And then when they celebrated a big sale, they came out and brought out the bubbly. But my assistant manager came and brought me. He said, he said, go get Ron a Sprite. Now, I'm not bragging about myself. But the fact is, don't pay tribute to the enemy. Take the stand. If they laugh at you, that's okay. That's okay. But you don't need synthetic joy. You've got the real joy. We're dependent on God who gives us above and abundantly what we'd ever ask or think of. But you know what I'm talking about, handing things over. Handing, because you're with the crowd. God of giving tribute to the enemy. Don't you dare give tribute to the enemy. If you're dealing with tobacco, don't give tribute to the enemy. I don't see how you can afford to use that stuff anyway. It costs a lot of money. You know, there's a reason why the government calls, why it's so expensive, they put sin tax on it. So I don't know. And hey, that's what, that's what, that's what the government calls it, a sin tax. Okay, so, you know, but the fact is, is that if you're bound by that, God has set you free. God has set you free. You could use a lot more with the 80 bucks you're spending during the week with the trying to get something to, you know, to that controls you and trying to calm you down. Let me tell you, we serve a great and faithful God that at a point of conference, crisis, your God will lift you up. He'll not press you down. He'll receive you. He'll give you strength. And then you're going to help others who will come to you and say, how did you do it? Well, my God helped me do it. And God will help you do it. And you can move on with free. Somebody say amen. 
Amen, 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 amen. We don't need a new gospel. We don't need new fangled preaching. We need the truth that will set people free. Amen. Well, glory to God. Some of these folks might be visiting and saying, man, this guy's loud in the microphone. I just get a little bit happy or excited. You say, oh, you're talking down to people. No, I'm not. I'm trying to raise you up. Raise you up. Your season has come. Your season has come. The Lord has set me free during the pandemic season. That's what you can say. Glory to God for COVID-19. I've been set free. I've been tied. It's a turnaround. That's what a crisis is. It's a turnaround. Turnaround. Any of you have questions, you can contact me anytime. We'll talk. We'll talk. I love you. All right. He thought that would make a difference. Don't give away the faith, which is the substance of your prayer. We need to learn that deliverance comes by faith in God and not by giving tribute to the enemy. Don't give away the faith, the substance of your prayer. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is your substance. Don't cast away your faith, your confidence in God. Don't give an inch of your territory nor any amount of your God-given possession and promise to fear. Don't hand it over to the spirit of fear. Every time we worry and stress, we give glory to the enemy instead of trusting God. There are many products that are sold today and one in particular that was sold over the years that something called the Ronco products that Ron Popeil was the master of the infomercial if anything he's the father of it and started selling his inventions and products you know products like the GH or the GLH9 hair in a can spray where you can spray your bald spot and nobody knows it's sprayed on you know nobody Nobody. Nobody. Oh, come on. Come on now. You know, you know what I'm saying. Nobody. You know, it's kind of awkward like that moment when someone's got this beaver-looking thing on top of their head and nobody's supposed to know that it's not their hair. It's something else, a toupee or something. Trying to hide it. Trying to, you know, nobody knows. But it's awkward. You'll never refer to it. You never stare at it. You never give notice to it you just look at them in the eyes and talk to them but the product the hair and the can spray and then the pocket fisherman and the Mr. Microphone Mr. Microphone I hope none of these guys in this room uh, thought that you might be able to pick up a chick with the Mr. Microphone like the commercial guy sticks his head out of the car the Mr. Microphone hooks up to his FM radio he says hi babe I'll come back later and pick you up it didn't really work now would I mean can you imagine what kind of looks you'd get now <laughs> you'd probably have a lawsuit slapped against you there I'm talking that way but the Mr. Microphone was pretty cool. It was different. It was new. It was all by Ronco Products. Then there was what was considered to be the newest product in commercials. And you may have seen the infomercial about the Showtime Rotisserie Oven. You know, you cook chicken in it, meat in there. And Ron would go out, Popio, and he'd, he'd start demonstrating how to put it together, put the chicken in there and stick it on each end and 
you know, with a spigot, and you're going to put it in the oven, and then all of a sudden, then he pushes some buttons. And what was that phrase that he said all the time? Come on, somebody. He said, set it and Let's do that one more time because I want you to be brainwashed for a moment, okay? If you're going to leave here with something, let it be this phrase because you might remember what I'm saying and what I'm trying to share with you. Let's do it again. And you said it. Said it. You said it. There you go. You forget it. But see, you say, I have not, let me tell you, I've not lost my mind. There is a point to this. After we prayed, after Jacob prayed, he should have just given it to God. You know, to let go and let God. He should have believed in the prayer, not anything else, anything at his hand to, to go and use his hand to hand over stuff. And he, he really should have just went with that principle. And if you petition God for something, God doesn't need you then to step in and handle things for him. In Hebrews, uh, in, 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 in Hebrews uh, 11 and 6, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. We need to get to that place uh, where that we pray to God and we seek him and we say let go and let God. We say I'm going to set it and I'm going to forget it. And the Lord pressed the timer when the timer's going to go off but I'm going to leave it in the oven. I'm not going to poke at the chicken. I'm not going to pull the chicken out and check the spigots and roll it around and rub it around and pinch it a little bit and pull off this and that and see if it's done. No, we're going to, you know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to get through to you to the fact that we set it and forget it. We pray our prayer, we give it to God and we get our grubby hands off of it. That's, that's faith. That's faith. That's faith. He said it. Said it. And we pray that prayer in Hebrews 11 and 6 says, Without faith it's impossible. Please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. At that moment in time when you pray, is at that pivotal moment either God is or he isn't. Either he is or he isn't. And if we start meddling in with something we're praying about and not committed to God, then what it is at that moment in time, God isn't. But if he is, uh, then he's going to take care of it. We're not going to mess with it. We're not going to doubt it. We're not going to cry over it. We're going to believe God and know that God's able to do it uh, and that he will do it. We need to remember that God we serve is not is not only able, but above all, he is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Hudson Taylor, a founder of China Inland Mission, used to hang a plaque in his home. In the plaque, it had two Hebrew words on the plaque. Ebenezer and Yahweh Jireh. The first word means hitherto has the Lord helped us. And the second word, the Lord will see to it or provide. One looked back while the other looked forward. 
one reminded him of God's faithfulness and the other of God's assurances hallelujah we have our experiences of the past to remind us and to be we be totally convinced that our God is faithful I can tell you way back when I can tell you my moment in time I can tell you the time I prayed I can tell you when these things have happened but then also he is Jehovah Jireh the one who takes care of me in the future he's not only faithful but he's given me assurance that I can walk toward the future I can deal with every crisis I'm going through every crisis because he's taking care of the past and he's assured me for the future hallelujah hallelujah when we're in crisis we need to remember that above all God is faithful Psalm 119 89 and 94 ever O Lord your word is settled in heaven your faithfulness endures to all generations you establish the earth and it abides in Lamentations 3 22 23 through the Lord's mercies we have not we were not consumed because his compassions fail not they are new every morning great is your faithfulness Ebenezer and Jehovah Jireh God has been God will be he has been faithful in the past he is faithful in the present and he will be faithful in the future in 2 Timothy 2 and 13 Paul writes he says if we are faithless oh boy boy does that not speak volumes if we are faithless have you ever had your faithless moments Oh, come on now. I'm not the only one in here that's backslidden and come back to God, Emma. I'm not the only one about ready to throw in a towel and didn't do it, but almost ready to and confess I'd gone to. I'm, I'm not the only one ready to quit the ministry on Monday morning after Sunday. I'm not the only one that felt like I don't think I can go on anymore and I don't know how I can deal with this anymore and I'm fed up with people, I'm sick of people, and why am I in this God? Then God looks at me and says, Ron Bynum, you're a person. I've dealt with you and I've helped you and I've supported you. Don't you know I want to support everybody? I want to bless everybody. And then when I look at you every day, even though if you come into the house with a, with a mask on, if I see you out in the public with the mask on, I see the eyes of Jesus in you. I can see the face of God in you and I love you with all of my heart. This is not the time to give up. It's a time to give in to God. Let go and let God have his way. Paul says, 2 Timothy 2.13, let me finish it. If we're faithless, he remains faithful. Jesus taking up the slack. Jesus taking up our slack. If we're faithless, he's faithful. We can turn to him, he'll help us. Amen. For he cannot deny himself. He can't deny himself. God doesn't know how to be faithless. He can only be faithful. He is just as faithful in the valley as he is on the mountaintop. He's just as faithful in the desert as he is at the oasis. He's just as faithful in the crisis as he is in good times. He has never let us down in the past. He cannot let us down in the present. And he will not let us down in the future because he is faithful.
How many here have already faced numerous crises in your life? Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Then you take what comes at your hand. What do you mean? You do what comes at your hand. Not, to, not like Jacob to fix whatever you prayed about, but to confirm that it's answered and raise your hands to praise your Lord that it is answered. If I'm going to do something in my hand, I'm not going to give the enemy anything. I'm not going to post any woesy, woesy me on Facebook. I'm going to raise my hand to my God whom I've committed my prayer, who I've committed my soul, whom I've committed eternity to. I'm going to raise my hand to him and say, thank you Lord. I praise you because you sit on the throne. I praise you because you heard me when I prayed. I, I praise you because the answer is already here. Yeah. Yeah. You take what's at your hand. You lift it up and glorify God. Hallelujah. And praise him. I believe that if Jacob had used his hands to praise God rather than using his hands to work things out for himself, the wrestling match with God would have never been necessary. I want you to raise your hand. Your God is taking you through every crisis. Your God is taking you through every crisis. And folks, we face crisis in our life. Some of us in this room are facing financial crisis, facing marital crisis, dealing with family crisis, dealing with spiritual crisis, dealing with so many things in different direction in our life. But your God, your God is able. Your God is faithful. Oh, you prayed it. Have you prayed? Have you prayed? Have you prayed? Have you prayed? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, take this. Oh, Lord, deliver me. God, help me in this, Lord. Uh, oh, God, meet my need. Do something here. Then you lift your hands and you glorify God and say, thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, God. I lift up my hands, Lord. Not my hands out to try and do something, but my hands up to glorify you and thank you for hearing my prayer. Hallelujah. Go on, go on, go, go on your hands, go on, raise them, go, go on and praise him, praise him. Oh Lord, go on. let's feel the noise in the house. Praise. Our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. Our God is a healer. Our God is a provider. He is faithful. He is faithful. He will guide your steps. He will provide your future. He will not forsake you. Faithful, he cannot be uh, faithless. He is faithful in all that he is in your life. Do you believe that? you believe it right now? Oh my, some people praise him and something, the reality starting to kick in there here. I, I really believe the words coming alive in you right now as you praise him and glorify his name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I believe in you, Lord. Uh, you change not, oh Lord. Uh, you're faithful. You're faithful, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He did it before. He'll do it again. Hallelujah. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll go with you even to the end of the age. Your God is for you and not against you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Now, if you believe God is supplied, God has moved in your crisis that you're facing. I want you to stand your feet right now. If you right now are facing a crisis, but you're believing God has met it, and you're going to praise him for his power in your life, just stand up and raise your hands and glorify God. Just praise him. Oh, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. There's turnaround going on in the room. As a wave and move of the Spirit, God's presence is in this place. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my. Yeah, it's starting to soak in now. You're praising Him. It's starting to. Your God hasn't forgotten your prayer. He knows your prayer word for word. He knows exactly what it is. As a matter of fact, uh, He's heard your prayer better than what you said it. He knows exactly what the need is. And he's moving on the scene right now. Oh, Lord, I glorify you. I praise you for you are faithful. Glory to God. Oh, make a, just praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Satan, you don't have me defeated. My mouth is open to the praise of God. My hands are lifted up toward God and glorify him, praising him. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm. Can we pause for a moment and just praise him? Oh, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know why I like it? sometimes this noise like this? Though we're so blessed with such gifted, anointed worship leaders in song, we don't have that with us. You don't haul Noah in your trunk of your car and drive around. Noah pops up every once in a while with guitar and starts playing it and singing a song to get you to worship God. No, 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 no. Your worship becomes your voice. Your worship becomes what you say. You're the writer of the songs of your heart and you worship him and praise him for yourself. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, that's what the temple was all about. When they walk into the temple, they would hear the noise of the prayers and the worship of the believers in Yahweh, in God. And they would hear and pass through the noise of the worshipers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I dare you to be just as wild and crazy at home with your faith and your worship as you are in this room. Hallelujah. Get you some flags and wave them in your living room. I dare you to do that. I dare you to start glorifying God in your bedroom and living room and start praising him and glorifying him, talking about Jesus and the good things of God, quoting the word of God and praising him for all that he is to you and in your life. I dare you to do it. Let's get churchy at home. Let's get churchy at work. Let's get churchy in our car. Let's get churchy in the store. Let's get churchy all around. You know what I mean by churchy. I mean getting real bona fide worshiper that worships the Lord in spirit and in truth. And not just here. I feel sorry for folks sometimes. I get up in front of people and it's like, my goodness, even in the house of the Lord, there doesn't seem to be a response. And you know what I know through my experience? 
it's easier in the house here than what it is everywhere else. So you can't have breakthrough in here? Then, honey, it ain't happening at home. It ain't happening anywhere else. I think we need to go back to the basics and get real with God and worship Him in the house. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. God, I praise you for what you're doing. I praise you, God, for the season and what you're doing. Oh, Lord, I see your handprints upon things. I see you working. I praise you, Lord, for the abundance and blessing that's come upon my life and the life of your people. God, I praise you. I thank you, Lord. Glory be your holy name. Glory be your holy name. Hallelujah. Now, worshipers, you who really are good with some songs, I want you to come up. And I, now, you know, there are worshipers who are not very good with songs. Amen. But those who have a gift and ability to do music, we, we like, it's good having them. Because you wouldn't want me to get on a piano and try and play it. It would be a whole lot of prayer going on. But maybe I don't have faith. If God tells me to do it, I'll do it. But it's like he ain't told me. So I ain't going to do it. The fact is, what I'm saying, God blesses us with gifts in the house of teachers, preachers. Man, Wednesday nights, the evangelists have been here. The evangelists in the house have been here preaching the word of God on Wednesday nights. And the worship has been going on during services. But I'd like for the worship team to come. At least the team here. There are others. They switch off at 9 o'clock. And, then, yes. and it's at going to be now 1030. And I want to say I appreciate them taking extra time and effort being here and working through it. And I, I just appreciate that. And I believe God's doing something in everything that's going on at the church. And what will go on at the church. God's God's doing something. So go and sing something. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this on the worship team. I just feel led just to sing right now. No no instruments will play out of here, but we just want to sing. Alleluia. Alleluia. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. Hallelujah Hallelujah Oh holy Holy Are you Lord God Oh my
is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy. Holy. Are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy. Bless you. I love you. Love everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you and magnify you and thank you so much for such a wonderful outpouring of the Spirit this morning. God, I pray that as pastor has preached and given challenge that we would be reminded, Lord, that perpetually we worship you and perpetually we praise you, God. And no longer will we give up the blessing but we will look to the blesser. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God, let this week be a week where we, where we declare your favor, we declare your goodness, we declare your power, we declare your might, and God, in, in this season, we declare your healing. In Jesus' name, and once again, I redig the old well from a few months ago, and as Pastor declared, we declare that line to continue to come down. In Jesus' name, statistics fall, numbers fall. In Jesus' name. Right. We believe it. We believe and proclaim the promise that the pandemic be over. In Jesus' name we pray. We have declared so much out of our mouths that other curses of the enemy be broken. We command the pandemic to be over. In Jesus' name, COVID-19, you are in submission to the name that is above every name, and that name is Jesus Christ. We claim it, we believe it, we stand upon it, and we declare it. In Jesus' name, victory over this. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you give him a shout of praise as we go out of here this morning? Praise God. We love you. Appreciate you. Once again, we ask you to do fellowship. Just kind of fellowship a little bit out in the parking lot. Love one another in the Lord. Love one another in the Lord. We'll see you Wednesday night.